Happy, happy Friday, friends. Okay, I know I say this every week, but I just can't help it because these guests are so incredible, and today is no exception. We have my friend Jen Jones joining us, and she is the founder and CEO of Jen Jones Direct and creative architect of the Significant Conference. Through her books, courses, conferences, and Significant Light groups, she equips and empowers women to create the life they love on the foundation of faith. Jen and her husband, Marcus, are living this great adventure with their four children in San Diego. Jen knows what it's like to experience the unexpected and have to grow through life's greatest challenges. She advocates for differently abled kids and their parents because she is a mom to a daughter with Down syndrome. She helps families identify their core values and champions women to know God and own their own God-given worth to live a life of significance. And that is what we are talking about today, friends. What does significance look like? How do we seek it? All the things. This is such an amazing conversation, and I'm a thousand percent positive it is going to encourage, equip, and empower you. So let's just jump right in. Hey, friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with Him again? Hey, I'm Sam, and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit Him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading, but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your copy, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. to another episode of the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. I'm super excited. Today we have my friend Jen Jones here and she is my fellow Californian. I'm super excited to talk to you because I also just realized I don't think we've chatted like this before. So I'm excited to hear your story and for what you have to share today. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Yes, this is the first time we've had a conversation quite like this. I mean, we've talked a lot back and forth in DMs but not quite like this. Yes, I love it. Thank you for joining me today. Okay, so I read your bio, but I want to sort of ask you like, what does life look like for you right now? (laughs) Good question. You know, life is full. It's full. I I, I can't say that I'm like busy. And honestly, I don't want to be busy. I feel like sometimes we wear busy as like this like badge of honor. And for me, if I'm busy, that has often equated to... I'm avoiding things, so I'm busying myself. But it is very full. Um, I do run um, a large business. I also am on the cusp of releasing my second book. So I'm in proof stage of the second. So that is exciting and hard work. And then I have for I have a husband, of course, um, that I love. He helps my life actually quite a bit in this uh, raising of four teenagers, which for me has been a bit of a sweet spot. I've really enjoyed the teen years, but it is definitely full. It's full. I mean, I think every season of parenting has its um, different 
challenges. And this one, it's just, there's a lot on the calendar and a lot that I want to be fully present for because I guess I've totally realized, whoa, time's fleeting. They're going to college and they'll always be my kiddos. uh, But that, how that looks and how that plays out is, is going to be different. So I'm really invested there as well. I love that. Yeah. I'm not there yet, but I'm preteen on my top end and then he'll be in kinder on my bottom end. So I feel like even having a 10 year old, I have no idea where the time went. I feel like I'm not old enough to have a 10 year old, let alone four kids. Like that just doesn't seem real. (laughs) So yeah, here we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. So we were talking a little bit about sort of significant life, but describe that to that. What does that mean? Well, I think that the reason I even care about the topic of significance is because uh, I'm 48 years old and I think I spent a ton of my life fearing that I'd be insignificant. Uh, I I think I I know uh, that we were all created for a purpose, right? I mean, the scriptures tell us that God has a plan for our life. Um, he tells us in in his word that if we abide in him, we will bear fruit and fruit that lasts. Like we, our lives are intended to count and to matter. And I mean, in my mind, I knew this, um, but I also wrestled with a doubt that I would fear that would I miss it or would it would I be good enough um would would it actually feel fulfilling was I on the right path all of these this fear that like maybe maybe not me maybe not for me maybe for her maybe for Mm -hmm. them but maybe not for me and I desperately did not want that to be true and so for me for many, many years, um, I spent time striving. Um, and in my deep desire, like well-meaning desire to make an impact in my world and a difference in the lives of others, that's all well-meaning. But when that becomes the biggest priority over anything else, it actually is an idol. (laughs) And so, um, it, it really did begin to become, I became a bit of like a, you know, the hamster on the wheel, just striving after my next hit of success or achievement or how I could prove to myself and others like, no, no, I, I'm significant. Mm -hmm. I am significant. And, um, I don't live like that anymore, but I do think that that is important for, to share of why I even care about creating a significant life. It actually comes from a place of incredible pain for me that is now, that particularity has now become a huge part of my purpose in how I, um, in how I minister and how I lead and in how I communicate to other women. Thank you for sharing that. I, there's something you said in the beginning too about wearing busyness as a badge. And that's where I was. Like my busyness was directly determining my self-worth. It honestly, it took me until a few months ago until the Lord made me stop my business and stop like everything that I had found my identity in, obviously not parenting and wife, like that's still going on, but I so much had created a life where I was so busy because I thought that made me better or more important or, you know, more significant. And when he put that down, it's so funny. I still didn't realize what an idol it was to me until I started making sourdough. And then (laughs) instead of 
like just, this is so dumb, but instead of like just (laughs) making sourdough, I was like, okay, let's sell it. Let's make the best sourdough. Let's be so busy making this bread instead of just resting and being like I was supposed to be doing, you know? Yeah. I, the busy as a badge and then significance. Was there a point where you realized that like you, you're striving versus where you are now? Yeah. I I mean, I think there was, um, multiple moments that added up and it was, it was probably about six, five, five years ago now that I really hit a brick wall Mm. and it, um, I, I, I was physically exhausted, but even more so, I was emotionally feeling quite tormented. Um, I and my relationships were um, being impacted uh, because when you're when you're in that space, I mean, there is a part of it that like you you set out to do all this good in the world and for others, but it on its face, it's actually really all about you mm-hmm. and. It was at a place when it actually, it really hit a wall for me when my husband and I were feeling the leading to stop. So it was a stop moment, but stop being pastors and resign from the church that we had planted. That for me was like really um, unsettling because that, that had been so much of my identity since I was 23 years old. It had mm-hmm. been, it had been, it's the only thing we'd ever done as a couple. And we both had been doing pastoral ministry before we were even married. So it was like every, it's all like, it's what I knew. And, yeah. and also I had, I had connected being a church kid and a youth group girl. I had also connected the dots that that was like the highest and best calling. So mm-hmm. you're asking us to stop that. Now we're one, we just failed. We're total failures, whether like spin it how you want, but it feels like we just failed because we're not going to do this anymore. We're stopping. And I didn't look at endings as the ability to be necessary for new beginnings. I just looked at endings as like fail. And also, so the failure piece of it, and then just like, well, then who am I? If we don't Mm -hmm. do that, then what do we do? Am I? And I don't, there was so much of my external achievements and my titles and my positions that were the things that that uh, caused me to feel like I mattered. And so when these external things, the primary one being pastor, pastor's wife, minister, church planter, all the things mm-hmm. around that were now being pretty, cl- it was pretty clear to us. Like we... We do love Jesus and we do live by listen to him and do what he says. And so it was pretty audible and pretty clear and we like, but it was also terrifying because I was like, oh, then what? And that is really when I had to take a deep dive on what does God deem worthy? Mm-hmm. What is God value? Significant? What, like, is it really about what you do, Jen? Or is it actually more about who you belong to? So glimpses of that over the years, I mean, even the birth of my first daughter, um, who has an unexpe- had an unexpected diagnosis of Down syndrome taught me about what God deems worthy. But and of course, for your child, you're like yes. But yeah. it's just like this road and this journey that he just kept peeling back the layers. Like I'm an onion, and there's more, and it goes deeper and deeper. And this was getting to the real root, the real root of what I thought, what I believed, and it was limiting. And he was ready 
to the Lord was so gracious to just oh. <laughs> I was like rip it out. That doesn't feel gracious, but it was kind because clear is kind, and he was being really clear. Like, no, you're done with this, and now we are going to really get honest about why you matter, and it's not what you think. Oh, I love that. I do. I. I appreciate when the Lord rips things out or shuts the door or opens the door or whatever it is, because I'm like the the child that needs 35 reminders or like I need very clear instructions. So when he slams the door in my face, yes, I'm like frustrated, but then I'm like, okay, thank you, God. (laughs) Thank you. What did that look like then after, after he's rooted out the problem, did you go on like a discovery mode or what was he showing you during that process? I mean, I think honestly, he was, it was such basic truths uh, that were connected to his scripture. I mean, I, I, I think that he made it clear and it was obvious, but it wasn't a one and done for me. I mean, it was over time continuing to like, just to, to walk with him through the resignation process. And that was a 18 month period that was not like, oh, this is what we're doing. Okay, we're done. It was, it was a journey of breaking up with false identities. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a process and, and I actually, and it, and it, and it actually, we went to counseling. Mm-hmm. I went to multiple, like three day retreats where that I was dealing with my own story, like doing story work so that I could, um, not just like, we talk a lot, like oh, give it to God. And I believe in deliverance and I believe in inner healing and I believe in giving it to God. But we also then sometimes have to actually talk about and deal with and, journal through and have experts and like counselors and other leaders and voices come in and go, okay, now let's talk about though, like, yes, we've given that sin to Mm -hmm. God, but let's talk about how that has then impacted the way you think and the way you've lived for so long, because we have to actually turn and go a different way. I had to repent and, and that repentance wasn't not like the kinds of sins you think about, like, you know, um, but it, I did, repentance is calling me higher. And God was like, not in shame or condemnation. He was calling me higher. Like, no, I have a better way to live. And so it was a little bit of a road for me to discover really the truth about my worth and how to really claim that and own that and how personal it was to activate what was next the, the, the call that God had for me and, and for all of us. Okay. If I'm listening and I'm like, yes, Jen, you're speaking my language. Maybe you're speaking and I don't feel worthy or I feel so aligned to where your story had originated. How would you encourage the women listening to get to where we are now? Okay. Well, there's one passage of scripture that I think of, and it's in first Peter and it's the, uh, chapter two verses nine and 10. And it just says, but you are God's chosen treasure priests who are Kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. And he called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world for at one time, You were not God's people, but now you are. At one time, you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. And that passage really spoke to me, honestly, about five different realities and truths that 
that made me significant, that were not connected to any achievement, any mm. next step, any, um, any position or accomplishment. It was all connected to who I was in Christ. And the, I mean, first, it was just that I am completely accepted as I am. I am God's treasure. And I think for me, that was a big one because like many, I have wounds of rejection. We've all been rejected at one point or another, whether it was from a friend or it was a job opportunity. Like, and often we base how well we're doing on others' acceptance or approval. Uh, and so I learned, and I, I did that. Man, being in ministry, in church ministry, anytime anybody ever left, it was because, oh no, what did I do? They didn't accept or approve of me. And like, it's like, no, actually that's about them and God. But, right? And so instead, yeah. the scripture taught me, the scripture showed me like, hey, no, I'm completely accepted. And instead of looking to others, I look to God's approval. And this word says that you are chosen and completely accepted as you are. That was first. The other thing is that I I took away and what I would share is that I'm extremely valuable. You are so, you are worth so much. And when I think about what actually makes something valuable, it's who owns it. The value is the holder. So like, you know... <laughs> Let's talk Jordans for a second because I have a 15-year-old son that like wants multiple yeah. pairs. The reason that that those particular Nikes are such a thing and are worth so much is because of Michael Jordan. Because he he kind of owns it. And mm-hmm. it's who it's who they belong to that makes them worth so much. And so this passage of scripture is literally saying, like, you belong to God. You're a daughter mm-hmm. of the king. You're highly valued, not not because of anything that you could do or not do, but because of who you belong to. That's what makes you, you are extremely valuable. You know, this passage tells us that we're loved. And I know, man, it's like, I grew up in church. Jesus loves me. This I know. But I don't know that I always lived like I believed it. Yeah. And no matter what, yeah, sometimes it's almost like we're attempting to earn it. Like, see me, mm-hmm. notice me. Don't you want to? Like, know me. Um, And no matter what you've done or you will do, you don't have to earn his love or fight to keep it. And that really helped me to just be like, oh, okay. Okay, Regardless of the outcomes of my life, he loves me. You do stand taller. You enter into relationships from a place of abundance instead of lack. You take your next step of when God does give it a yes, when he doesn't say stop, and when he does say go, you walk into that go, you take that green light, and you you hold your head up a little higher because you're like, yeah, I'm loved. I'm loved. The other thing is, uh, is I'm forgiven. I think shame has such a grip on us that it, and it keeps us stuck. It yeah. keeps us stuck. And so the forgiveness of God has the ability to penetrate the shame to go beyond and actually heal our wounds. And God knows all you've done. Mm-hmm. And we can release that shame and move forward so that we can receive uh, our wholehearted identity. And the one that was actually, it's a birthright. It's given to him and his mercy. That scripture says, like, now you know his mercies. Given. Given. And then the last thing I would say is I'm fully capable. You are fully capable on our own, sure. Like, I, I get it. Maybe we aren't enough. Like, and that is, that's the self-sufficiency that I ran in for far too long that brought me to exhaustion. But being fully capable 
is in this context is in conjunction of being chosen by God as a treasure. He needs you, he wants you, and you can. And honestly, even the most difficult and scary things you can handle in partnership with Christ. And, and that's what this scripture is, was declaring. It's like, Hey, like we're in this together. You're set apart as God's devoted ones. He's devoted to us. He's devoted to us. So he will make us able to empower us to do the things that he's purposed for us. So there's my like five things that hopefully can, can help own our worth and really move into um, the call that he has on our lives. I love that. That's so good. So good. I. Uh, it's funny. You said the Jordans because you have a teenage son. I thought of, have you seen that thing where it's like a paper clip from Tiffany's? And it's yes. like a $1,000 paper clip. <laughs> oh, that I, we do not own. <laughs> but. No, because, yes, but all because it came in a little blue box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I, yeah. And I love that we can walk in that identity because of whose we are. I hate um, the cultural lie because I got stuck in this as well. That says you are enough, like as if you didn't need anything else. And I love how you, you tell us that we are fully capable and we are enough, but because of who he is and because who he's created us to be, that's so much better than doing it on our own and so much better than just us being enough because I'm, I'm not enough and I'm not good at a lot of things. <laughs> and so, and I can't handle a lot of the things like life gets hard, right? And life has tragic things that happen to us. And I honestly, so many, like so often I'm like, I don't know how people do this without Jesus because without Jesus, I would not, I literally would not physically be here. Like I can't comprehend, you know? And so thank you for these reminders because I think if women listened to this and they applied this, they studied the scripture, memorized it to their heart and mind, walked out with these five things, they would look completely different. Like we would have a generation of women who are confident in their identity confident in their God-given authority and walking out with their purpose, not just floundering, you know, it would be life-changing. So good. Yeah. Yes. And that's the goal. And honestly, that is the significant life to me. That is how it is. It is not, it is not a success. It's not about being just successful. Those things might come or they might not. And the beautiful thing is you're worthy either way because of your, your life in Christ. And your identity that's rooted um, in him. And you're so right. That is why about about um, our own sufficiencies. That's why the scripture says his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. We need mm-hmm. his grace. We need his empowerment. We need, we need him. And honestly, that doesn't make us weak. That mm-hmm. that well, one, it makes us honest because we're yeah. human. Yes. And he's not. He's yeah. not. He's not. And that is so comforting to me um, because I'm with you. I I don't want to walk this life on my own. Um, it's, it's so much more fun and fulfilling and honestly peaceful when I do it in partnership with Jesus. I'm reminded when you say that, like even Jesus, our human Jesus, fully God, fully human, had to get away with the Lord, had to 
go pray, had to rest, had to do all these things. But us being like super American, amazing women, we're like, we're good. We got it. (laughs) But really, how much more can he use us? And um, all for his glory. That's the best part where I feel like so many times the world would tell us like, for you, Sam, for the abundant woman, Sam, for whatever you're doing, your business, your life, whatever that is, your role, when really... It's just all for God. Literally, I just want to point women, and I know your heart is this way too, to just point women to Christ. Like, let's all find the freedom and fulfillment and identity that is found in Christ so we can walk different. We can walk taller. We can love harder. We can reach those really unlovable people because of who Christ is in us. But if we're not confident in who we are, or if we don't even know our identity as a daughter, then it's so much harder (laughs) to reach those people or to live a significant life or an abundant life. I just, I think, I always think like, man, we could literally change the world. If a few hundred of these women took this up, we could literally change the world, which sounds dramatic. I'm serious. I I know you are. I I believe you. I'm... I couldn't agree more. We were not created for glory. Glory belongs to the Lord. I think that when we live our lives to glorify him, we do naturally shine and that's compelling because, and we love better. If we would, if we would embrace these five truths, we would actually love others really well. And it is because of our love, um, that the Bible says it's because of our love that they will even be drawn to know him at all. So yeah, it could make a big difference in how the impact that we can make and how the kingdom of God could be to be built. And even here on earth. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of each episode, we do like a rapid fire, but before we get there, I want to ask you two things. One, just sort of, is there any last encouragement you would want to give these women to sum up what we've talked about, you've been encouraging the whole time, but to wrap it up. And then also I want to know where we can find you, connect with you. I mean, I think what I'm thinking right now is just sweet sister, be still. And I used to take that a little bit like a, okay, if I be still, then, you know, I'm going to know. And God, so it's almost like a command or, or a demand and like, okay, just, and it's actually an invitation to stop striving. Don't strive Mm -hmm. so much. And just like, can you just sit with me for a second so that I, to experience my love and the power of my presence. And because it's be still and know that I am God. We know God by sitting with him. And you know, you asked me like, so what was the, so that, that was what changed everything. And and not that exact moment. Yes, that Mm -hmm. was a definite, and we're going to uproot this, but it, it required honestly many days of walking slower being still so that I could actually experience the heart of God instead of being like in my strive, it was busy doing more, picking up the next thing. And there was a lot of peace that came. And honestly, it's, you're not done. And because you are still, he's done with you. Remember that's abiding. Being still is abiding. And, And his word promises that when we abide, we bear fruit. And fruit that lasts. The next thing that God wants to do in you and through you will come from that place of stillness and abiding in him. So I just encourage you, let that be your biggest priority. Let that yeah. be your next best step, step is to just sit and soak up the presence of God 
daily. And from there, um, he'll do his work. The Holy Spirit is, is, is faithful and he'll do yeah. his, he'll do his work in you. Um, so that would be my, like my last thoughts as we were talking, that kind of came front of mind as you and I were just sharing. And as far as where you can find me, Instagram, I am Jen Jones times four. Uh, I'm Jen Jones over on like Facebook. Um, and then we do have a new, uh, well, f- currently my website is jenjonesdirect.com. And my new book is coming out in May. It's wow. actually, I know, it's like we're on the heels of it. And it's called um, Divinely Different, Creating a Significant Life When the Way is Unexpected, Unwanted, and Unknown. And so that's going to be, that'll be found everywhere. You can get it on all those those locations I just gave you. And then of course it'll be on Amazon as well. Oh, I'm so excited for that. I'm so proud of you. That's exciting. And I, yes, after this conversation again, I'm like, Oh, there's going to be so much more goodness in that book. So I'm excited to get that rapid fire friend, three questions. They're easy, but people always think they're hard. So I'm sorry. The first one being, what is your favorite worship song that you're loving right now? (laughs) That is hard. We sing it a lot of the Sundays at my church and I, I mean, I hope it's actually like a popular one or something that people would know and it's not like written by them. I don't know because sometimes they write their own songs, but um, it's this song, Tell Me What Moves You. It's like, is it a fragrance? I'll pour my oil out. Is it a song I sing? Then here's my offering. It's just, it's like, it's tell me what moves you. And the heart of the song is just like, God, reckless abandon. I'll do whatever you want because I just want to, I want to move your heart. That's all I want to do. That's the chorus. I don't even yes. know if it's yes. popular. No, have you it, heard it? Yes. Now okay. that you said the chorus, I totally have heard it. I will find it and link it below. But yes, it is Thank a real song. You. I almost started singing it for you guys, but I'm like, ooh, that, that's not good. That's not going to go well. So we're not going to do that. But yeah, link it. I know. Link it so they can listen. I'll link <laughs> Neither of us will sing it for you. It's good. <laughs> okay. Second, what is something that people are generally surprised to find out about you? <laughs> that I feared insignificance. <laughs> Honestly, it's so true. Okay, here's another thing that I don't actually like taking pictures because if you follow me on social media, you see tons of them. And I just had to do the first time I've ever done this, that they call a brand shoot. And it was painfully uncomfortable for me. And even the photographer's like, what? And I I don't love it. I do not love and you I think it it surprises people because I am pretty like bold and out, out there and I definitely use a lot of photos but I yeah it's not my favorite thing I would have assumed like you just it comes naturally because <laughs> you're so good at it well thank you See, no. that's a good lesson. you can not love something and be uncomfortable in it but actually be really good at it <laughs> there you go okay last one so random. If you were on a desert island, not your Bible, but what other thing would you bring with you? Oh, skinny pop. Popcorn? <laughs> Is it the popcorn? I said, I said skinny popcorn. I think I need a snack right now, maybe. Isn't that funny? It's like my favorite thing. So, like... So not a person, not a family no. member, not a journal, not water, 
Skinny popcorn. <laughs> oh, that is, and you said it so quick. <laughs> that you're like, I said such confidence, like I was about to win a game show. Buzz, skinny pop. <laughs> and the winner is. Skinny pop. Oh, oh, so that was fantastic. <laughs> Girlfriend, thank you so much for taking the time, for imparting your wisdom, and for just encouraging and equipping these women with these five things. I'm super excited. I'm actually super excited to release this episode um, so that we can get this out there. It was so good. Well, thank you for having me. It was really fun Uh, from beginning to end. Great ending. It was so much fun. So thanks for having me on. Girlfriend, I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Jen, and I want to give a little update that in the episode, we talked about Jen Jones's new book, Divinely Different, but guess what? It is live. It is ready for you to purchase. You can go to Amazon, click the link down below in the show notes, but it's divinely different. Creating a significant life when the way is unexpected, unwanted, and unknown. Friends, run, go purchase this book. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time. 